Hey, Verbivores. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Verba Coffee Chat Podcast. Today, our own Kathleen Hayes sits down with Meredith Schreiber, Director of Auxiliary Services at Chemeketa Community College, to talk about how the Campus Store team at Chemeketa is providing free digital course materials to students using CARES Act funding. Listen in as Meredith shares how her team plans to execute the program and make a big impact for all students this upcoming term. Hello, Meredith. It's so nice to have you here on the podcast. Welcome. I'm absolutely thrilled to have the opportunity to talk with you and all the good that you're doing there at Chemeketa Community College Bookstore. Thank you for joining us. I'm very happy that I could join you in for today's conversation. Good. Well, it's fun to be able to come on and talk about all the good that you're doing because I know you've been through a lot. In particular, you were just mentioning that you are on the one-year anniversary of having your store flood. So on top of the pandemic and flooding and all that is going on, it's nice, like I said, to sit here and talk about some positive things going on, but you are quite a trooper to get through all of that and be sitting here smiling. So no, it's great. Pandemic, floods, fires, ice storms, had it all. (laughs) You definitely have had it all. Well, I'm excited to talk with you about what you have been doing in terms of the CARES Act funding. The hope here is that others can learn what you have done and and hopefully accomplish what you've accomplished by following in your footsteps. You know, all great things start with a little spark. I'm wondering if you could start by telling me what sparked this whole thing that you've got going. Well, this actually started back last fall when we knew that we were facing a big challenge with being remote. We wanted to help our students as quickly and as easily as possible. And at that time, we had pretty robust IA program. So we decided to use some of the CARES Act fund for our IA programs exclusively. And that worked for two terms, summer and fall term. And then we didn't have the financial ability to continue it for winter and spring. But in the meantime, when we started seeing more money was coming from the government to help support our students, that perhaps there was enough money to go for a full year of providing all course materials. I thought, I can't do physical uh, course materials distribution. I just, I don't think I have the bandwidth, but I bet I could do digital using our IA model. I became very involved in some committees on how to spend the student funding, institutional funding, and was able to have a convincing case that having the alleviating the pain point of a student having to purchase a textbook, coming back onto campus would be the best thing that we could possibly do for students. So we moved that on up through the executive team all the way up to the president that approved $3 million for us to try to pull this off for fall, winter, and spring term. That's fantastic. I think if we go backwards a few steps, when you mentioned that you started using CARES Act funds for your IA programs, how did you even know who on campus to reach out to? If we could give guidance, like who's the best person on campus to talk with? In this case, one, obviously, as we all know, if you're running a bookstore on campus and it's institutionally operated, you are your own best advocate. And your job is to build relationships every time you can get and have convincing evidence at all times that it's a positive program that you're running. Because of that, I had my vice president, who's my supervisor, She already knew we had a robust IA program, and she knew that she knew how it was integrated with Banner, which is our SIS system. For her, it was her idea, actually, because she knew about the program. We had already talked it up enough. She knew what we were doing. She knew the success of it. 
So, and that was the best part of it. And she just knew it was a quick, easy way to really help students immediately. And when you're using the federal funding, there's a lot of caveats. There's a lot of things around how you track it, how you can use it. Is it equitable for everyone? Is it just for some people? And we're trying to find a way that it was going to serve all students equally as possible. So that's where that kind of idea came up that we needed to grow it past just the IA and just make every class an IA class as possible. And of course, frankly, already knowing about UC Davis's program and the equitable access model kind of spurred us to thinking like, what is that going to take? How are we going to do that? You know, I have a very vivid memory. We were at a, a meeting together and you stood up and said, I just wish we could democratize textbooks. And that just stuck with me forever. And I'm sitting here with you now and darn it if you didn't do what you wanted to do. So, I mean, if you go back, you're right. Cause that was a story way back when I began which I love the full circle of a decade of being in the industry is that when I first started uh, fall term 2012 I rang up my first day sales first day of rush my didn't even know what a rush really was but there I was in the midst of it ran the final numbers and I went oh my god this is horrible and the reason I said that is because I spent 22 years working at Powell's book for people that don't know Powell's books it's an entire city block 63,000 square feet of amazing books right well our day was $60,000 better than the best day ever at Powell. And I went to my boss fine, and said, I cannot take this much money from students. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, you can spend $500 at Powell's Books and have a field day, but here you bought two books and you're unhappy because you still got to pay the mortgage. Uh, you still have your child to feed. So I have worked diligently for nine years, whether it was supporting our own Chemeketa Press that we have or moving to digital, moving to the IA program because of that moment back in 2012 in September where I thought I can't stand taking money from students, which makes me a horrible business person, I suppose, but <laughs> that's okay. I can live with that. And I always say my capitalism and my sort of socialism kind of conflict on occasion, but ultimately for the students and the more I've gotten to know them and work with them and see their challenges, I'm like, this has got to become a much easier and better, uh, less of a pain point. Absolutely. I mean, it's a dream realized what you're doing. So to recap what it is that you are doing, you have basically said every student in every class will receive their textbook at zero cost if there is a digital match available. So if there's a digital textbook, no student will have to buy it. Is that correct? That is correct. There will be some caveats for some of the print versions, some of the English books. As we all know, it's a little more challenging with trade books, but they will have to come in and buy their workbooks and their lab manual separately, uh, mainly because I just don't have the tracking ability, though. It's hard for me, like, for example, nursing. If we could provide nursing students that are starting out with 100% free content, regardless of physical or digital, then that's what I really want to do particularly after a pandemic and you want somebody who wants to become a nurse, it feels to me a, a higher calling to invest in them and help them out and make that a really clear message uh, to the nursing students. Uh, but this will include our automotive students uses uh, Cengage Unlimited and they'll all get a two-year access code starting this fall. Same for our welding program, which happily just switched to uh, the Cengage Unlimited model. And so I'm like, this is great. I'm basically giving these students at an advantage, hopefully they'll embrace that and appreciate how much of a gift it really is. Let me step backwards too when you said that basically each college has a set of funds given to them. And correct me if I'm wrong, there are three rounds of funds available. 
and you have to prove that you've spent your first round in order to get round two and round three. So you got the seat at the table when they were talking about how to disperse the funds because your boss was at that table and could say, put me down for this much. And how did the dollar value get established that you were able to spend? Well, that one just, they allowed me to figure out the estimate for it. They didn't say. So I basically took uh, last year's numbers and doubled it and thought, well, enrollment sadly is going down, but I could kind of look at my sales and we had a great sell through, obviously, because most, and I could say with my colleagues in the industry, we beat Amazon every time and being able to ship out a book during a pandemic. So yay for us. Uh, So I just kind of calculated it on the high end of what it could look like. It's kind of hard. There's kind of a chunk of money that they're, this sounds very strange. And this probably is good advice to other bookstore managers. When you spend a big chunk of money out of what they're providing you and you have a way to track it easily, the college is going to be more prone to want to choose that. What the college is trying to avoid at the executive level is that they don't want to see like, oh, I've got this little project for $50,000 and I've got another $100,000 project here. When they could see one lump sum project that was going to benefit all students, that wasn't going to be extra work, they're like, yeah, that's the ticket. That's the way to go. So that's kind of the key in figuring that out was, which surprised me, but I thought, well, this makes sense. I'm providing them with a program that's already plug and play. They don't have to do anything differently. I mean, obviously there's going to be faculty to work with who have never used digital and there's a lot of learning curve there, but at the same time, they're like, yeah, yeah, spend that big amount of money. That's, that's great. Campus stores have proven to have solutions that help their students and institutions thrive, and the team at Chemeketa is doing just that. Keep listening to hear how Meredith is driving the conversations on campus and delivering this program at scale. You get the funds, you you get the approval. Who was the first one that you, did you go running back to the bookstore? We did it. And, or who was the first one that you. It was, so- it, was my, it was my crew in the bookstore because bringing it back to my textbook coordinator and textbook assistant, they had a heavy lift ahead of them. Cause at the same time we were moving to Verba as our adoption tool. So we we're doing the connect and collect. Cause that's, we knew at that point, the only way we're going to pull this off is to get a, a very robust system to help us and good partners to help us. So they were kind of like, okay, so you want me to do what? You want me to learn an entire new system and pull this off for starting fall term? I'm like, yes, that's what I want you to do. And and every time you struggle with it, think about the students, think about what a gift we're giving to students, which is hard when you're in a vacuum on campus, which we are, we're here on campus, not a lot of other people around. So when we find a student to talk to them, we, we pitch it, we pitched it all summer beginning of summer term because we wanted to get that energy off of a student when we could say that we're providing this gift that kind of is what keeps us going the other messaging is still playing out because by the time I got this approved which was cutting it close most faculty have left campus so they may not even know when they come back that they're going to be using digital books that are at no cost to the student <laughs> yeah that's what that was my next question like how how was that received did cries of your Thwarting our academic freedom, or was any out? Well, we haven't. It was interesting for mainly because, we, like I said, we have a very, very robust inclusive access model. So there's not going to be a single person in that program instructor. So we served 5,000 students. So most of our students were already kind of familiar with that program. Faculty have absolutely no problem with that. 
I have bravely contacted some of the English instructors, for example, and also I had to approach Chemeketa Press because Chemeketa Press is founded on printing in affordable textbooks. And prior to the pandemic, they were always going to be physical textbooks. I had to convince them that we needed digital and we needed it fast. And they turned on a dime and they delivered. And then they went and started seeing the next term, sales increase with digital. And then when I pitched this idea of 100% sell-through, and you don't have to print a single book to do it, and you'll probably make the same gross margin that you need to make, they were on board immediately. And they also could see the advantage of um, the vital source platform for their eBooks. They were totally excited about that. And they were on board and I will use them to move through with faculty, uh, including like the tech hub. A philosophy instructor had reached out to me recently about putting a flyer on for a class that he wants to teach. And I mentioned free digital and he goes, I normally don't like digital, but in this case, I think it's a really great idea. I'll be more than happy to give that a try. I really think in the sense, in the passionate way that's going to catch. And for the instructors that push back, they're the ones that are going to have the, more of a struggle. And it's going to come back from the students if we can't deliver it. That's great. What were all the logistics behind the scenes that got you to be able to distribute all these books? Faculty, our adoptions are completely different at Chemeketa, though I would encourage anybody to but we're doing all the digital matching through the vital source tool. And that digital matching is just making it actually fun to click and say, yes, 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 and adopt it in. And because of that tool too, that made it all the easier to do this. Fortunately, we're a quarter school. So we have till the end of September to pull this off. Now, going back to messaging students, you mentioned that you were messaging those that walked into the store onto campus. I would imagine you'd want to shout this from the rooftop. Do you have a marketing campaign put together? I mean, you know, Kathleen, that's a really great question. And I think this is one of the biggest challenges. We are 100% pandemic burnout individuals here, and we're not seeing each other face to face. So also just a little tip on using funds. We cannot market this technically to recruit for new students. So we can email all, we'll, we'll do a bulletin that goes out to students from the Student Life Center talking about it. I'm going to get a big banner outside the store that says something. We have a, we're going to have a bigger banner on our website. But I think in some ways it's going to be just this very pleasant surprise. I mean, advisors are going to know it. They're going to have a little blurb just to remind students that in order to support you and, and your academic goals that we're working hard to offset the majority of your course material classes plus and I'm going to also plug no more doing the hunger games of getting to the cornucopia first or last as the case is with books right if you're trying to find a used book only a few are going to get to the cornucopia and get them and have the tools to be successful the others aren't going to get there in time and aren't going to be successful so I want to try to find a way to play into the success of the day one digital access as a way of releasing, kind of relieving the stress of coming back to school or continuing remote uh, education as a, as a way to kind of market it as well. It's going to be such a fun rush for you. I mean, I could, I just think of you as a student. And you're, you're welcome to come up, Kathleen. And I want to, I want to be a part of this it's, again, because I was with you when you said I wanted to democratize textbooks and just make the, just end the sale of textbooks. I mean, if you just imagine being a student and you're, you know, you've got your student budget and you've set aside funds that you know you have to buy these darn textbooks and you walk into the store and someone says, it's free! And you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> that is yeah. good fun. I think, yeah, I guess not messaging them ahead of time makes it a lot more impactful. You know, I'm sure many are geared up to go stand in line at the counter and, and 
pick up their physical books and stand, you know, just the whole thing that has been rush in the past is the standing right, rush and rush and, and we haven't had it for so long. It will be fun just to, to those that just show up and say, well, what do I do? And we're just like, just go into canvas click and you'll see your bookshelf and you'll be good to go. I mean, it'll, it'll blow them away in some ways. Yeah. Um, and as we know, students don't normally plan, but we know at the end of the day, they're not really planning to part with their money. And the beauty of it with inflation going up like crazy, we can actually probably play on that. The one thing that's going to go down in price during this, you know, oh, the pandemic blues. Oh, guess what? Now we have these free course materials for you. That's amazing. I'm just wondering out loud if it would make anybody switch their plan of study. When Aaron Ochoa was talking about his passion for equitable access, he had a bookstore employee, Carlos, who wanted to be an aerospace engineer, but he couldn't afford the books and in turn went into poli-sci and couldn't pursue what he wanted to do. And I just wonder, I don't know, it's so impactful to make all of this at zero cost. It's going to be very interesting to see all of the positive that comes out of it. And if there is, in fact, change where students are like, wait a minute, now I can do what I've always wanted to do and pursue my dream kind of thing. Using CARES Act funding to provide students free digital course materials will make a big impact at Jamaica. Here, how Meredith is looking ahead to see what's next how she plans to report the impact of digital and the importance of leveraging great partners. Meredith, seeing all the good that you're doing for these next three quarters where you're going to be giving away the digital books at zero cost, when the funds are gone, what's the next big step for Chemeketa and for yourself? Well, for me and for my team, we are pretty convinced that equitable access will be the way to go. Um, and the reason saying is our guided pathways is what we're working on at, at the community college level, which is a national program to help students fulfill their academic dreams as quickly as possible. And the vice president of student services had said in a meeting recently when they're rolling out guided pathways, well, we need to know the price of textbooks because sometimes Students choose their career differently based on the price of textbooks. And I raised my hand and said, I'm glad you brought that up. Doesn't that seem really wrong? Do you know that there's a solution to that? And got him really perked up and, and having that conversation. So my dream of being able to do this, not just help the students immediately, but really show the campus how essential we can kind of democratize the process a lot more. I don't know if democratize is right on that, but it's more of that equalize it. So they don't have to be faced with the, a couple of things. One, parting with money after financial aid is cut, because that's how our school does it. Going without the course materials. And then truly giving academic freedom to faculty to choose what they want to choose uh, is the other thing. And I think that that would be my dream, that by fall of 2022, we could be geared toward a more sustainable long-term alleviating the stress of buying a textbook. It's a goal. And I know, because I know you, you're going to do it. <laughs> track record now. How about when it's over, what type of reporting do you owe the institution? How are you reporting what you have accomplished? Um, it'll be reported. We'll just use the statistics and actually probably on day one, because I'll be using Connect, I can see at any moment how much money we've saved students. One of the things I would love to be able to do is reach out to every student and let them know how much they've saved on their course materials, though. I think that would be really important. Or we can figure out on our website to say, you know, you save this much or something. Because we, we really need to reinforce that somebody's paying for this. They're not really free. Somebody's paying for it. But we wanted to use those funds in such a way that, that allowed you as an individual to save this much. That would be, and mainly the other reporting is 
well, a couple of things, the reporting on how I'm trying to, I'm thinking too many thoughts at once on this one, because as the other piece I'm just excited about is, was there a learning effective? Was it more effective for students to have their content on day one? How can we find that information out? Can we get our faculty up to speed to really have a conversation with students on how to be a good digital learner? So I want to come back to the analytics and I want to be able to look at that and think, have students been more successful because they had books on day one? Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. We're looking at that ourselves as a company, you know, and one of the metrics we were looking at, you can look at the backend analytics and see how many opened the book in the class, how many interacted with the tool and just look at those. They say the first two weeks are the most crucial to learning and those that are engaged those first two weeks are more likely to persist and stay with it. So and I think it's another one of those early warning signals because we're working on that at the college as well is how do we help reach out to help students uh, right away when we notice that they may not be showing up to class. And I know that for the summer, we piloted the Verba Vital Source tools. And one of the instructors is absolutely using that. He let the students know that he can see if they're reading the book or not. And the student that I interviewed yesterday was like, that is the coolest thing. And it makes me more accountable to do my homework. So, you know, and I think that's great. Sure, you're all adults. You don't have to read the book. But if you know that somebody's checking on you or they can see you haven't opened up the book or other things that are available with digital information, I think we should use those tools to kind of help them because it's so easy to fall off, especially at a community college. These students, a lot of them have children. A lot of them are working full time. And that's the other advantage of a digital book is they don't have to haul their book for for break time, right, at their job. They can just pull out their phone and they can read it and they can read it offline. I can't tell you enough how excited I am that, that to partner with Verba Vital Source is everything. We could not be doing this without Verba Vital Source. There's just no way. And then the tool with Watchmen that is going to make our lives better, save a ton of time. It's so exciting to finally like realize that these partnerships can be built, the concerns the college has had in the past of integrating with third parties in some ways it's been kind of a magical time your stars have aligned i love it just gives me chills it's so fun well meredith it's been an absolute pleasure and this is such a fun and exciting project i think for me the main takeaways that i learned from all of this is get at the table get a seat at the table and ask for those funds Definitely, you know, in order to get that seat, the relationships matter and focus on those relationships. And then also too, you've got the technology, put that technology to work for you in order to make this program happen. Is there anything more that that I might've missed that you feel that you want to kind of shout out to help others follow in your footsteps and be able to make digital textbooks at no cost? You got to feel it in your heart. You need to have a really clear vision. If you don't feel this in your heart and it's not going to be as successful, so be okay with that. Take some time and find it in your place, in your heart, in your vision, in your passion. Uh, Because when you have that to drive you, you can be successful with whatever you want to do. And I'm lucky in this case that it's becoming very true. Thank you so much for your time today. Well, thank you, Kathleen. It was just great to catch up with you as well. That was what a just have always enjoyed our talks over the years. And this was just another nice conversation to have. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We couldn't be prouder of Meredith and her team at Chemeketa for their efforts in providing affordable access to course materials. Make sure to subscribe to the Verba Coffee Chat podcast so you know when a new episode is live. 